anyway, last year, in the end of last year, uh, we, support, uh, we celebrated our 30th year. And as a church, 30 years ago, uh, we started here in Auckland. And it's amazing to see what God has done, how we don't just have uh, a church meeting in the inner city of Auckland, but we now have 16 locations around New Zealand. We're also, it's great to have Pastor Boone and Cynthia Tan with us this morning. They lead our lower hut location. How about giving them a big hand? They're amazing people. We have 16 locations around New Zealand and uh, eight around the world. And to look back on the goodness and the faithfulness of God is something that's important before you move forward in vision. So often people want to take hold of their future without acknowledging the goodness and the faithfulness of God in their past. How many are thankful that they're sitting here this morning? Because you, know, you wouldn't be here apart from God's grace. And God reached out to you. You didn't choose Him, but He chose you. And He's appointed you to do a great work. And, and it's so important that we acknowledge where God's brought us. I've been leading the church now for 16 years. And uh, I look back on the journeys, uh, journey we've been on. And I'm thankful. Yeah, there's been challenging times. Yeah, there's been hard times. Yeah, there's been times where things haven't worked out the way I thought they, they should have. But I'm thankful to a God who has a plan that's bigger than my plan. I'm thankful to a God who's in control this morning. I'm thankful to a God who wants to give me the desires of my heart as I delight in Him. And uh, for the last 16 years, as a 26-year-old taking over the church, that was a big risk from the elders in the church. But, you know, I want to declare that, that God is good and God is faithful to His Word. If He's promised it, He will bring it to pass. He's not your, like your boss. He's like, not like your mum or dad or your teacher. When God promises, there's a guarantee uh, result attached to that promise and I believe when it comes to this year, it's so important that, that we rest in the character of who God is. Because God's not like any person. If He promised it, He will deliver on it. And, uh, you know, it's about you and I getting our hearts aligned to that promise. You know, so often in life we do, we underestimate and devalue the value of the heart. In a lot of places, we spend time, money, educating the mind, which I'm all for, which I believe is important, uh, but we devalue the role of the heart. Uh, we want to educate the mind, but I believe it's so important that we empower the heart. In 2017, for us as Equippers Church, I've called it a year of heart and soul. Heart and soul. See, when God went looking for a king to lead his people, he didn't look at the person's intellect. He didn't look at their looks or their status. He, he didn't look at those things to qualify the person. It was the quality of David's heart that qualified him to be king over Israel. I, I want to declare your heart is your most valuable asset. So in 2017, we want to pay great attention to the heart. 
you know, to the heart. Our hearts as individuals. Uh, we want to pay attention to the heart that exists within the family units. But we also want to pay great attention to the heart of the church. Because I believe if we grow the heart, everything else will take care of itself. Now, I want to say, does the size of your heart support the size of your vision? Because ultimately, if the size of your heart is small, but your vision's big, collapse is going to happen. Uh, there, there's something in your life, there's a gap. And that's where so many people get frustrated and disillusioned is simply because they've got this big vision, but they haven't grown the capacity of their hearts. I believe if we're to grow, if we're to apprehend all God has for us in 2017, we need to grow the size of our heart. In fact, John said it this way in 3 John. He said, Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Uh, it's important that we don't just prosper in, in our external life, in our career, in our finances, in our health, without our soul prospering. Because in the end, those things don't matter. In the end, those things won't bring you happiness. And God's saying, hey, I want to bless you, but I never want to do it at the expense of your soul, at the expense of your heart. How many know you can have many good things going on around you, but be empty on the inside? You know, we want life to flow from the inside out. Didn't you like that song we sung this morning? One that was sung many years ago. From the inside out. You know, we want to live from the inside out because that's how the kingdom of God works. You know, when it comes to your heart, that your heart is the epicenter of your life. Out of your heart comes the deepest pain, but also the greatest triumphs. It's in your heart, in your heart. That's where character is formed and where it flows from. And this year, we want to be a year, uh, we want this to be a year where we build strength into our hearts. Because I believe God wants to do something big. He wants to do something massive in us and through us. But for us to take hold of it, and live in it and not be a short-term wonder here today, gone tomorrow. Not just win one or two games, but take out the tournament. You know, we've got to build the size and the capacity of our hearts. Now, see, when it comes to the kingdom of God, the work of the kingdom, number one, the work of the kingdom begins in your heart. Uh, where does it begin? Turn to your neighbor. Tell them where it begins. It begins in your, it begins in your heart. Uh, so often we, uh, we look at the world and the world sin, uh, sells us. Uh, things that on the outside, if you get this, it will satisfy something on the inside. But ultimately, if there's a lack on the inside, nothing on the outside will satisfy uh, the kingdom of God is counterintuitive. Jesus said, if you want to live, you've got to die. He said, if you want to increase, you've got to give things away. He said, you know, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God. How many want to be great in the kingdom of God? He, he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to learn to be the servant of all. 
Uh, that's counterintuitive. That goes against what we know. He also described the kingdom of God as being inside out. In fact, time and time again, he rebuked the Pharisees because that they would clean the outside of the dish, but, but the inside of the dish would be all dirty. And Jesus said to them, don't clean the outside, clean the inside. Because if you clean the inside, the outside will take care of itself. Now, I really believe God wants you to give, uh, give you a job promotion. I, I really believe God wants, you to position, wants to position you in your sweet spot. I really believe, I'm believing this year, that many people are going to be able to buy houses in Auckland. I can name into that. You know, God wants to do supernatural things. I, I really believe that, that God wants to bring single people together. That's happening quite a bit in church. How many know that's a work of God? We've got Johnny and Alice got married on January the 2nd. It was a work of God. God wants to bring things together this year. God wants to satisfy the longing of your heart. God wants to do all these things on the outside. But he says, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to look after the inside. Don't focus on the outside. Uh, don't focus on behavior as much as dealing with the heart. Because if you deal with the heart, the stuff on the outside will take care of itself. You know, I often say at the beginning of the year, we so often make goals as to what we want to do, where we want to travel, how much we want our business to grow, how much, you know, things we want to purchase, and all goals around what we, we, we want to do. But what about goals around who we want to become. Because when you're the right person, you will do the right thing. And if we look after the inside, God will take care of the outside. And trust, and we want to build godly character. Because I really believe a lot of the problems in the world we see today would be solved if people lived with godly character. People who actually had the character and the nature of God. Uh, see, godly character doesn't just hear a good sermon, doesn't just read its Bible. Godly character puts belief into action. And, and a lot of the big things in the world can be answered by small decisions on the inside. See, see the most important person is the person you are when no one's looking. Because that's who you really are. And, and this year, we want to get rid of the pretense. We want to get rid of the mask. And we want to focus on who is that person? Who, who is Sam when no one's looking? Because I can put on behaviors. I can tell you what you want to hear. I can make you think I'm this type of person. But in the inside, I can be somebody totally different. And that's the person that God wants to build. That's the person God wants to grow. That's the person God wants to strengthen this year. Because when God grows that person, then things like courage. Uh, how many want to be a little bit more courageous this year? 
Yeah, three people will change the world. The world needs some courageous people this year. And I went, when that happens, when you strengthen that inner person, courage is an overflow of your life. Things like discipline. How, how many want to be more disciplined this year? Discipline. I, I think we could all lift up our hand. I guarantee there's some gaps when it comes to your personal discipline. Uh, we want to, but here, when you focus on the inside and, and your relationship, discipline is a natural byproduct of that. You know, when it comes to vision, vision, I, I don't know about you, but I found vision leaks. You know, I can get inspired in a moment. I can come to church, Vision Sunday, get all inspired. Man, we're going to change the world. Then face a problem on Monday, and their vision just evaporates. And that, but I want to be a person who walks with vision on a daily basis. I, I want to wake up in the morning knowing that I'm, uh, I've got God working for me, that I'm not just you know, organizing stuff for the sake of it, that, that I've got a mission and purpose to my life. See, see vision is a natural byproduct. You know, when it comes to it, you know, when you work on that inner person, you endure as well. See, see if there's one thing... I believe that that's hijacked the church over many years is simply a lack of consistency. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there's seasons and there's ebbs and flows, but it's amazing how many people, you know, jump off the bus, get on the bus, jump off. Uh, yeah, I often imagine what church would be like if we just remain consistent. And we crash through quitting points. Because uh, it's in our nature to want to quit, to give up. You know, the enemy so often comes along and, and, and puts within us a hopelessness that things can't change. He'll often overwhelm us with the enormity of the problem. We need to look at our problems and overwhelm our problems with the enormity of our God. Come on, we serve a big God. And we need to hold on and learn to persevere and, and remain consistent. Because if we can be consistent, I believe we can change the world. You know, people, when you embrace a new behavior, you know, everybody looks on with a level of cynicism going, oh, I wonder how long that's going to last. You know, the start of the gym, yeah, yeah, I wonder how long that's going to last. New Year's resolution and all, yeah, I wonder how long that's going to last. Do you, do you know many people in your life are looking on at your walk with God and going, oh, I wonder how long that's going to last? Just a new fad, you know, they're in need, you know, they needed it. This Christianity thing's a little bit like a crutch. You know, they, they don't really understand it. But, but I found as people who over years stay on message, stay true to their belief, man, eventually the people who once used to be cynical look on and go, man, this must be real. Because they're not just praising God in the bad times, they're praising and acknowledging God in the good times as well. I mean, no, it can be easy when things are going well, you know, when you're getting the job, getting the promotions to praise God. But what about when things are going wrong? Uh, what about, you know, when, when, when things are happening in your world that you don't understand? 
uh, do, do you bow out on God? Or do you remain consistent? See, Ed said we're starting this new campaign in, in February in our e-groups and our small groups. And, and really, we're going to look at some of these things. I challenge to say there's not a person in this room who doesn't need to grow in godly character. We're saying we can't do this alone. So let's get in small groups and let's try and work on our hearts together. Let, let's grow our hearts in these areas in courage and discipline and vision and endurance. Let's learn what the Bible teaches on that. Because if we can understand that, we can really move forward. I found the best way to grow is to do it in a small group. Settings like this, they're important. But you can walk in this place, hear a message, but walk out the same person. But when you're doing it in a small group of people who know you, there's a level of accountability that comes with that. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Good. No, how are you really doing? Uh, small groups aren't there to judge or put the heavy on people. They're there to exhort. And sometimes it's, it's our, our, our failings. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, my week wasn't that hot. Yeah, oh, me too. You go, oh, Okay. You know, I'm not the only person. How many know when you, you have a, a failing or different thing, you can feel like you're the only person? Nobody understands. I'm the only person who struggles with this. That's a lie of the enemy. But when you're in a small group, you begin to see people up and close, and you realize, man, they ain't got it all together. From a distance, anybody can look perfect. As John Altberg says, Everybody's normal until you get to know them. And once you get to know them, you see these things that they need to improve on. But together we can encourage one another. Come on, this is what the church is all about. Yeah, it's more than a Sunday, a meeting on a Sunday. Church is about moving people from where they are to where God would have them be. That, that's what church is all about. Over summer, we bought one of those, uh, you know, put a, you know, those uh, put-together swimming pools. You know, I got it off one day. It was reasonably cheap, and I managed to put it together right, which is a miracle because, you know, normally when a, you have assembly required, uh, I don't read the instructions, and I just put it together, and it goes all wrong, and I end up trying to force bits into places that they shouldn't go. It must go in here. It must go in here. I've now learned if you have to force it, it's not meant to go in that place. You know, I, I want to declare this year that, that you're not going to have to force things in your life. In fact, uh, one person said, don't force, don't force what God hasn't endorsed. See, I, I'm really believing this year you're going to find a grace that things are going to come together in Jesus' name. But here's the thing with the swimming pool is it requires a pump because if you, the swimming pool doesn't have moving water, algae's going to be attached to it. It's going to go all green and nasty and horrible things are going to live in there. And it's the same with yours in my life. When our life doesn't move, when we stay in the same place spiritually, 
We get all green and nasty. Oh, a lot of bugs live there. It's like, even the cat. No. But, but a whole lot of things. But, but when you get flow, you know, it takes, takes out the rubbish and puts in the clean water. And, and churches are all about getting things moving in your life. Yeah, I don't want you to be the same person at the end of 2017 than you are right now. Yeah, you're a good person, but you've got some rubbish in your life. Yeah, you've got some stuff in your heart that needs addressing. And, and my prayer this year is that you become more virtuous. Oh, there. That's a good word. Uh, that you get filled up with godly character that you become more courageous, that, that you become a person who's full of compassion, somebody who's so honest. You know, people don't guess that your work can be counted on and that integrity is something that you're known for. Oh, man, that person, they live with integrity. Come on, I want you to imagine yourself right now Imagine yourself financially, physically, and spiritually disciplined. I, I want you to be, imagine yourself as having a plan in all these areas. I, I want you to imagine yourself bursting at the seams with love. That, that you'll even go to great lengths to show that love. You know, all these things... They are possible. Some of you go, oh, that couldn't happen. But I want to declare, they're all possible. This is our vision. Because of Jesus. Because of Christ. I believe in the world right now, we need a resurrection of virtue. In fact, if you read the book by Bill Hybels, I chose this book because I look back in my own spiritual formation, and I looked at something that really helped me. I read this book, Who You Are When No One's Looking, at the age of 18. And that helped me establish foundations in my life. You know, if God's done anything in my life, I look back and I'd say it's because of those foundations that this book talks about. That's why I'm wanting everybody to get this book. Because I believe God wants to do great things. I believe God wants to build His church this year. Uh, but you'll notice it's God who builds the church. Here's the deal. We're responsible for the foundations. We're responsible for the inside, the unseen. God's responsibility is the building, the promotion, the answers. You know, Paul said this. You know, I watered Apollos. You know, no, I planted Apollos water, but it's, it's God who gave the increase. Come on, if you want to be fruitful this year, it's not by your own effort that you're going to be fruitful. Come on, it's God who's going to bring the increase in your life. Come on, if you're thankful to God, how about giving Him a clap of praise this morning? See, if we were to be honest, we all have behaviors and patterns that have been tripping us up for far too long. And we live with them, and we, we accept them as being normal. I want to declare right at the start of 2017, it's going to be a year of change. Internal change. 
See, there's a longing inside of all of us for change. And that happens when our heart acknowledges it needs help. Uh, your heart right now, it needs help. I'm all right. No, it needs help. I want to show you, even from Scripture. It needs help. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. When pressure comes, it does not fear. Its, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of droughts. Uh, again, it doesn't matter what's going on the outside. The person who trusts in God has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Verse 9. Then it goes, changes tack. The heart, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Wow, there's some good news. Yeah, your heart's deceitful and it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and according to what their deeds deserve. But he's just said the heart is deceitful and beyond cure. So in other words, we don't deserve that much. Here's the deal. Your heart, connected to the saving grace of Jesus, is amazing. See, see if what, you want new habits this year, you don't just need an improvement in your life. You need a new life. If you want to embrace new habits, don't just try and do it with the same heart. If you want to put in place new habits, you've got to get a new heart. A new heart. And that's what God promises in Ezekiel chapter 36. It's a prophetic word. It says, then I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth, your filth will be washed away and you'll no longer worship idols. Meaningless stuff. Listen to this. It says, and I will give you what? I'll give you a... Come on, everybody say that out loud. I will give you a... And I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart. Come on, how many can be a little bit stubborn from time to time? Yeah, my full name is Samuel. Growing up, I was so stubborn. My siblings called me Mule. That's why I'm just called Sam right now. But God wants to take out your stubborn, stony heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I'll put my spirit in you and you'll follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. See, here's the deal. You can't obey God without a new heart. Why are you trying to obey God in your own strength? With that old, deceitful heart. Why not get a new heart? Why not let, oh, I'm getting agreement from the speaker up front here. It's like bling, bling, agreement. I don't know whether that's email coming in. Uh, yeah, download from heaven. Thank you, God. 
But God wants to give you a new heart. It's just come into your inbox. Yeah, a new heart, a new spirit. See, yeah, you, you can't change by yourself. It's impossible. Your heart's beyond cure. But God wants to give you a new heart. And that's why the kingdom, the, the work of the kingdom begins in your heart. Come on, don't embrace religion. That's about the behavior that doesn't engage the heart. So many people say, oh, I'm just not feeling church anymore. I, I won't attend because I don't want to be a religious. No, don't change your behavior. Change your heart, you idiot. Yeah, it's, it's change your heart. Get a new heart. See, if you do the behavior without the heart, that's what Jesus attacked. But change your heart. Get your heart engaged. This year, we're going to have all engaged. Yeah, heart and soul. Heart and soul of the church. Number two, second thing about it is, is prayer. This year, prayer accesses the hidden power of the kingdom. Now, now I'm not talking about emergency prayer. Oh, I've got some dramas going on. God, help. You know, uh, prayer is not our last res uh, resort. It's our first response. And we're going to prioritize prayer because it's all about the heart. You know, I'm really excited about Open Heaven. Some of you heard about it. We're getting churches in our city together to pray because our city needs Jesus. Our city needs it. I really believe it's going to be the beginning of something great for our city. I love the fact that leaders have just laid down their own agendas and saying, hey, we've got to come together because we believe this is our time. You know, get on the Facebook page, February the 1st and 2nd. I'm asking the whole church to come out at the Viaduct Event Center. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be an incredible time because when brethren dwell together in unity, it's there God commands a blessing. I'm really believing we could have four to 5,000 people out praying. Man, imagine what that's going to do for our city. Imagine what that's... In fact, in February, we're doing this campaign, but we're also calling it a month of prayer. Because here's the thing, I can't change by myself. And what prayer does is it acknowledges your need of God. When you don't pray, what you're saying to God is, I got this. I can do this. A praying person is a humble person. It's a person who has humility because they're saying, God, I need you. I, I can't do this day without you. We as a church can't walk into our future without praying. And for the month of February, Monday to Friday, 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning at the Mercury Theater, for those who are willing, we're just going to pray corporately. I'm saying, hey, if we want to see these promises come about, it's going to come from a dependence and a reliance on God. Now, normally in February we do a fast, but we're saying this year we're going to do a feast because it's biblical to celebrate. In fact, this year, I said on Tuesday night, we just want to open our homes and put on hospitality because there's people in this world who are lonely, who are in need, and who need to hear the message of Jesus. This year, we're going to pray the prophetic words that we've received into being. How many have received the prophetic word and you're going, oh man, don't see how that could ever take place. 
But as you pray, you align your mind with God. Now, last year, we received a prophetic word. Barrett, our South pastor, received a prophetic word that, that he, Michael Maiden said, I see God giving you five buildings, five buildings. And Barrett goes, wow, that's amazing. I don't see how that's going to happen. Now, at the end of the year, we're sitting in a board meeting, and, and a trust had come to us, Cross Power, who's had a phenomenal work out South Auckland, done it. They came to us, and they said, we've hit some roadblocks, and we really feel that you as a church are, are supposed to take cross power to the next level. And, and they surrendered uh, their whole trust to us. And uh, we felt, you know, it mixes with a lot of the work we do in the community. For those that don't know, we, we, we have the largest alternative education school in New Zealand. We're educating over 300 at-risk youth each and every day of the week. We're also providing employment opportunities, getting people into jobs for over 1,500 clients. We had a staff meeting this week, and we've got a whole lot of people who are just pumped to make a difference in their world. You know, this year as well, uh, we're taking Revolution Tour to another level. We've got 200, we're in 220-something high schools, and we go in there and share anti-bullying message. Uh, we've got a whole lot of these things, and, and we know God's hands on them, but just because he's been on them in the past doesn't mean we can just go oh, take it for granted that it's going to be on the future. And we need to declare the prophetic promise. And we've got this trust cross power as well, just being surrendered. And we're sitting in the, the board meeting, and it had a building. It came with some debt, but it had a building. And we looked at the building, and, and there was four separate unit titles. So in other words, it wasn't just one building, one building... There was four buildings, and then there was a house. That, that's four plus one equals, not difficult, uh, but equals five. Uh, you know, in June, July, Michael Maynard said five buildings. So you know, we've been entrusted five buildings. How many know God's true to His Word? Come on, if he's spoken something over your life, it will come to pass. It will happen. We just need to believe it and keep trusting it back to God. Number three, third thing, is kingdom principles work anywhere and everywhere. That's not a new thing. How many know in the world there's no new problems? You know, I work with a lot of pastors and leaders around the country, and some people say, well, it's different here. You know, it's different in this small town. It's different in Berlin. It's different in these places. Uh, one thing I found about the kingdom of God is it works anywhere and everywhere. Uh, kingdom of God trumps, I shouldn't use that word, I know. Uh, but, uh, you know, kingdom of God, you know, what's another word? Help me out quickly here. It's, it's above and beyond. <laughs> yeah, anything else. Yeah, it's not inferior to anything in the world. Kingdom's above that, and it works anywhere. And the kingdom works in your workplace. See, if kingdom just works in the four walls of a church, it's religion. The principles we want to teach you work in your workplace, work in your marriage, work in, your, in growing your kids. Kingdom principles work everywhere and, and anywhere. And, and this year, you know, we're wanting to see new churches planted. This year, we're going to be launching officially Rome. 
We've already got a gathering of, of 120 people meeting there. We haven't even launched, which is remarkable for Italy. You know, this year as a church, we're also going to be launching into Calcutta. And already we've got some foundations established in that country this year. Well, last year we launched Nelson. And that church, I want to declare, is already self-sufficient. It's meeting its own needs. It's on mission. This year, we're going to launch into North Palmerston. <laughs> That's, you know, Jetstar, all the ends. Palmerston North. Palmerston North. We're going to be starting a gathering there. Come on, isn't that exciting? We're expanding. We're taking our world for Jesus. Yeah, so we're doing those things, but you know, where are you taking the kingdom? Because the kingdom lives inside of you. And, and, and we're all vessels that God wants to use to, to see the kingdom of God come here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, last year we introduced the whole things of, of mountains and the seven cultural mountains of society. Uh, we didn't make as many inroads as we'd like, but we haven't given up on that. This year we want to empower people to take the kingdom of God into places where it isn't, in places like education, business, arts and entertainment, and the whole area of family and government and church and and media. We, we want to see. See, you're not in your workplace by charge. You're there on God's mission to bring His kingdom into that arena. See, it gives your work, it gives your work more sense, more meaning. You've got to see your workplace from an eternal perspective. And we're wanting to facilitate that. Last year we talked about getting the church on mission. We set an ambitious goal that we wanted 80% of you engaged and involved on some level of short-term mission. When I declared that, I thought, Flip, how are we going to do that? It's a massive logistics. Uh, but we worked out a way. This week, later on in the, this year, later on in the year, we're going to do Heart Week. For a week, we're going to challenge people to go on mission in their neighborhood, in their community to bring the love of God in a practical way to people who need it. And as a church, we're going to get on board. And, and initiatives, new initiatives are going to spring up in people's hearts, within e-groups, within small groups. It's going to happen. And, and we're going to bring the love of God to our communities and to our neighborhood that need it. So we're going to do things like that because the, the kingdom of God works anywhere and everywhere. And number four, just last thought to finish off with is, is church is God's expression of the kingdom of, on earth. Church is God's expression of the kingdom on earth. You know, many people look at the church as an organization and go, well, what's the church doing about that? What's the church doing about that? We have a saying here at Equippers, we are who we are. Uh, we are corporately who we are individually. We are who we are. We are corporately who we are individually. You know, when it comes to need and meeting need, who's somebody doing about that? The only place you should say that to is the mirror. 
because you are God's answer. And we're about equipping you so that you can change your world because we are who we are. Who we are corporately is made up of who we are individually. Oh, well, the church is not loving. The church is not. No, look at yourself. I believe we all need to take a step back and say, well, am I there? How do I display those attitudes? How, how am I doing with that? And before we take the speck out of the church's eye, sometimes we've got to look at the forest in our own eye and say, hey, I need to take responsibility and own it. And maybe I feel this way about this subject because God's put that burden in my heart. See, I've found God works through frustration. I hate being frustrated. That's frustrating. Yeah, it's not a nice feeling, but I've found that's how the Holy Spirit works. I, I, I challenge to say, you're not frustrated about the things you're frustrated by by chance. Could it be that God's put those, that frustration there to awaken you, to cause something to come alive? I believe God wants us to move forward. Listen to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Dear brothers, dear friends, you've always followed my instructions when I was with you. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. He says, when I was with you, you obeyed me. I mean, no, when the boss is around, you know, you do your work. But he goes on and he says, and he says now that I'm away, it's even more important. Here's the deal. It's even more important that you follow God's commands outside of a Sunday than you do on a Sunday. It's even more important that you obey when no one else is looking. Don't just do it in my presence. Paul's saying, hey, I want you to do it in my absence as well while I'm away. It's even more important. It says work hard. Everyone say work hard. Work out to show the results of your salvation, obeying God in deep reverence and fear. And Christiana read this. Verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Just keep that up. The desire and the power. Where does the desire come from? It comes from Him. He's giving you the desire. I don't know where your desire meter is at. Maybe write down for God. But when you surrender to God, He gives you the desire. And He gives you the power. He gives you the passion to do what pleases Him. You don't need to do it in your own strength. You know, Paul said in another version, says, work out. How many are going to do some workouts this year? You know, I don't know if you're going to the gym, but I'm encouraging you spiritually to work out. You need to do a workout. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And listen to this. He gives you the desire. Right now, you may be feeling a little bit apathetic, even cold in your walk with God. I want you to lean into Him because if you trust Him, He would give you the desire. He would give you the, the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Come on, how many want to please God this year? How many want to fulfill His promise over their life? You know, I believe God's got so many great things for us, but it's about us working on the inside. 
It's on the inside. Your answer right now is not, not outside of you. It's in you. It's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is within you than anything in the world. It's, it's in you right now. Your answer, you know, that, that it's a peace. Now, if you had that, I'll, no, you wouldn't have more peace. If you won lotto, your, you wouldn't find answers. Uh, Christ in you. Where are you looking for something on the outside to satisfy something on the inside? Friend, it's only God who can satisfy the longing of your heart. And that's why if you work on the inside, the outside will take care of itself in Jesus' name. Come on, how many are excited by this year? Come on, how many are excited by this year? I need some people excited by this year, what God has for them. Change is going to happen. And it's going to happen from the inside out. Quickly turn to someone say, it's from the inside out. It's the inside out. It's in you, in you. Vision's in you. Purpose is in you. Promise is in you. Answers, it's in you. In Jesus' name. How about standing to your feet right where you are right now? Jesus, we come to you and we declare you are the hope of all hearts. Lord, you are our desire. Lord, today we put our trust in you. Lord, we declare, Lord, this is going to be a year of promise, a year of victory, a year of favor. But Lord, we're determined, Lord, to work it from the inside out. Lord, right now, I pray, Lord, if there's any hindrance, any obstacle, Lord, if we need a new heart this morning, we pray by faith, Lord, we'd receive it. Lord, we'd take hold of it. A heart that's responsive to you, a heart that's tender. Lord, even right now, remove the rocks. Remove the stubbornness. Lord, remove, Lord, anything, Lord, that would hinder your purpose in our lives. Lord, we're going all out. We're passionate for you in Jesus' name. Come on, how about lifting your hands to God? Let's sing this song right now.